Hello and welcome to Talking Without a Filter with your host, Jackie. That's me. So, sorry I have not uploaded in a while. You know, life has been really busy for me. Just a lot of transitions in life right now. But I have a wonderful and powerful episode for you today. So, this is an episode that has been requested um, various times. And I finally was able to finish editing the episode. And I noticed that I wouldn't edit it, but you know, there were some things that I felt didn't need to be in the video. Video, sorry. In the podcast episode. And then some things that do need to be included. So I hope that you're ready for this revelation, for this powerful message, because this message is so important. Today we're going to be talking about pornography and how dangerous it can be. But fear not, because there is salvation and there is freedom to that prison. So, enjoy. Let me begin by welcoming you all once more. Thank you for listening, and let's hope to take something from today's episode. Porn. Yeah, I said it. Let's talk about it. If you look up the word porn, you will get the definition pornography. Television programs, magazines, books, so many things that are regarded as emphasizing the sensuous or sensational aspects of a non-sexual subject and a stimulating compulsive interest in an audience. So let's be honest, we live in a world where porn is more accessible and acceptable than ever before. Not only can you find it through a quick internet search, but it's being thrown in our faces. It's everywhere, and trust me, you don't have to get naked to stir some thoughts. Exposure to pornography distorts the way that we see ourselves, the way that we treat others, and the way that we interact with the world. And sadly, people are denying the harmful effects of pornography. Some are even arguing that pornography can be a good thing, and we know it isn't. And today, we're going to take a closer look at what exposure to pornography actually entails. And we're going to talk about how dangerous it really is. So let's talk about it without filter. So research has shown that porn dramatically alters the way that we think about ourselves the way that we see others, and how we perceive sex. It trains us to see others as objects to be used rather than as people to be loved. That's what lust does to us. It leads us to see people as less than what they are, instead of seeing them as human beings made in the image of God, full of dignity, value, and purpose. Lust trains us to see them as nothing more than objects for our pleasure, as less than human. 
And that literally is the definition of dehumanization. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, like myself, we have been called to love others the same way that God through Christ has loved us. And in order to love people the way that God loves them, we have to learn to see people the way God sees them. Not as objects to be used, but as people to be loved. Through the grace of Jesus, we can break free from the prison or pornography and step into the freedom that he offers. So now let's bring in the science. Studies estimate that between 86 and 96 of men regularly consume porn. Women consume only slightly less pornographic content. Content, <laughs> sorry. So from a biological sense, consuming porn triggers the release of dopamine, which are adrenal system, which means following that pleasurable high can ultimately lead to negative consequences physically, psychologically, and within our personal relationship. One survey found that 99% of its adult male participants reported watching porn at some point in their lives. And on top of that, the pornographic industry is estimated to generate an excess of $100 billion every year. But guess what? Men aren't the only ones who struggle with this. Just like men, we, as women, look to many different things for satisfaction. As humans, we seek out these things in hopes of finding true peace, true joy, true satisfaction. But we never find them, though. In fact, nothing on earth could fully satisfy because we were made for something more. Pornography mispresents nearly all regular sexual situations and interactions. This creates a falsified perception in the viewer, and it leads to harmful attitudes towards sex. Just like hard drugs, gambling, and I know you're like, whoa, you can't compare these. Pornography consumption can represent an escape from reality as a way to deal with stress or even just a quick hit of dopamine at importune times such as each of these vices can easily lead easily lead to full-blown addiction so that means that over time different and more frequent use is required to achieve the same high as tolerance is built up just like drugs just like gambling you know you watch things and you're like okay i'm there but then as time progresses maybe that video maybe that genre doesn't do it for you anymore and so you start looking at other things that you know you have no business looking into but simple neurology tells us that the reputation of an act forges pathways in our brains and repetition of an action involves Involved becomes easier and easier each time. Pornography addicts must understand that removing feelings of shame or guilt is essential to begin recovery. 
Instead, approach treatment as though you're tracking down a strange noise under the hood of your car. And then once you recognize the biological process behind the emotional issue at hand, it becomes a simpler matter matter, matter to deal with and eventually overcome. And like I told you guys, I was editing some stuff out, but I left some stuff in because I just, you know, I just want to be honest. I make mistakes and I think it's funny when I mess up sometimes, <laughs> but serious. So it's also been associated with more persuasive attitudes regarding promiscuity and that carries the physical threats of STDs, something that films don't ever seem to convey. And another concept that pornography doesn't touch on is the intricate relationship between the physical act and our emotions. Sex is the most intimate of human experiences and brings complex motivations and consequences. Porn, by contrast, doesn't provide any romantic contact, contexts and ignores the realities of courtship. So it's like you getting in a relationship, except important, that doesn't really matter. It's just doing the deed. As such, being addicted to porn can deprive us of long-lasting and deep companionship and the benefits of a higher quality of sex, which is bolstered by an emotional connection. Now let's bring Jesus into the equation. No matter how powerfully addictive the poison of pornography is, it is no match for the redemptive power of the God who disarmed the power of sin, death, and hell through his willing sacrifice on the cross. No matter what you've done or how long you've been addicted to pornography, freedom is possible. Pornography addiction can very easily feel like a prison cell that you're locked in with no way out. But Jesus boldly declared that he came to set captives free. The same is for us. Even though God has freed us from the power of sin and death, we still have to do the work of unlearning our old ways of thinking and replacing our old habits with practices that reflect we are as a community of rescued and redeemed people. How can we make this easier? Well, let's start by practicing repentance. And I know some of you are like, okay, but what does that mean? Well, repentance is an act of turning from sin and turning towards God. And hear me now, it is so much more than just feeling bad for what we've done or giving out a half-hearted apology. And this isn't to shame you, but repentance is about genuine life change. Repentance looks like admitting we have messed up and committing to making a change. God already knows what you've done, and he still died on a cross for you. Your sins are not too big for God. The forgiveness and freedom you're longing for can be found in turning from your sin and turning to God. The longer we conceal our sins, the easier it is to confuse what we've done with who we are. 
That's where shame comes from. Shame is a belief that because we've done something bad, we are bad. But when you confess, when we confess our sins to God, He responds with forgiveness and reminds us of who we really are. God has given us all free will, and because He loves us, He refuses to override that free will and rob us of the gift of choice. And that was something that a beautiful, beautiful person named Priscilla at um, the church that I go to talked about, you know, God wants you to accept him willingly, freely to do things out of faith, to take that step. He doesn't want to force himself for you to accept him. He is like a gentleman. He wants you to do things at your space. I love you, Priscilla. So if you listen to this episode, (laughs) just know that I just thought about you but yes like I was saying um he responds with forgiveness and reminds us of who we really are and that means if we continually choose to return to sin and pornography God isn't going to stop us (laughs) we have to take that step we also have to do our part so how do we eliminate this temptation Put restrictions on your phone, computer, tablet, consoles, and everything you use. Go that extra mile because it's worth it. Remember this, if anything. Choose wisdom over convenience. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Repeat this with me. Choose wisdom over convenience convenience lust has a power to distort the way that we see others in really destructive ways and it's not just an issue associated with pornography we live in a world that is constantly telling us to elevate ourselves and lower others so what else can we do Get help from the people God has placed in your life. Confession and accountability. These are two of the most powerful practices that we can adapt, adapt, sorry, adopt as followers of Jesus. Because more often than not, the way God works to refine us and transform us into the people he has created us to be is in the context of relationships. And while it can be scary, it's worth it. And you're like, well, how do I confess my sins to other people? It's embarrassing or it's, I don't know. Find someone you trust. Pray to God to give you courage. And also mentally prepare yourself for their response. Don't sugarcoat it. Be honest. In addition to finding someone to confess your sins to, find someone to hold you accountable. And that means someone who will ask you the hard questions and someone you will be honest with. When you choose to take these steps towards God and away from sin, you will begin to discover the freedom and the joy that comes with living in the Spirit. And once you've experienced just how good that is, you'll never want to go back. So let's get personal. 
I used to struggle with porn myself. I didn't like watching people porn. (laughs) And I know you're probably like, "Mm, so what did you watch then? I don't know. I just think people porn is so gross. I don't like looking at other people's bodies. Doing that, you know? But I watched worse. (laughs) I don't even want to say it. Because I think it's so embarrassing. I watched cartoon porn, okay? I'm sorry. It's embarrassing to say, but in a way it's not because I don't watch it anymore. I watched a type of porn called hentai. (laughs) It's disturbing. Don't watch it, please. And after putting the block on my phone, I won't lie. You know, I still got the urge to watch it and to unlock it. But I had to tell myself, like, you can't do this because you already took this step. And... By doing this thing, you're going to go a thousand steps back and it's going to be even harder to break it. So I had to talk to someone about it. And like I had mentioned before, you know, it can be scary, but it is worth it. So now back to what I was saying earlier, you know, men and women suffer from this. If we look at Luke 7, Jesus loved and welcomed this sexually broken woman and he's still welcoming sexually broken woman today really any anybody jesus is welcoming the hurting he invites the weary he takes what is broken and shattered and makes it whole again he bestows them with a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair in their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. It's Isaiah 61.3. Once more, Isaiah 61.3. Our brokenness doesn't render us useless to God. It is because of our brokenness that we become a beautiful display of his amazing grace. If you also read Luke 38... 39 and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment now when the pharisee which had bidden him saw it he spoke within himself saying this man if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of a woman that is toucheth them, toucheth him, for she is a sinner. He gave the prostitute woman a new identity and future. Neither her past acts or the shame she carried, nor the judgment or opinion of others determined her identity. Only one person has the authority to define who you are, and that is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? <laughs> If you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a daughter, a son of the Most High King, and your worth and value come from Him only. Not from what you've done, or what's been done to you, or what has been said of you. Belonging to Jesus means He covers our sin with His own righteousness. No one is too sexually broken, or too far gone, for that love and forgiveness of Jesus is not greater still. Can you see that God has and will transform your ashes into beauty for his glory? 
So back to confessing, I talked to someone about it, and while it can be scary, like I said, it is worth it. You may ask, well, how can I confess my sins to someone else? And you just have to pray for God to give you that courage. And you have to take these steps towards God and away from sin. You begin to discover the freedom and joy that comes with living in the Spirit. And once you experience it, like I said, you'll never want to go back. And you're like, didn't you just say that? I did, and I'm repeating it because it's just that good. Revelations 2.17 Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone. And on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. So what? Maybe along the way, we can stumble, trip, and fall short. But every time that we do, God's forgiveness and grace meets us there. This is the beauty of grace. (laughs) I am feeling the fire. The calling that we've been given is so significant, so important, and God absolutely expects us to play a part in it. But at the end of the day, who makes that decision and decides our fate and destiny is God. So let's practice repentance. Admit you've messed up and commit to making a change. Return to God. And every time that you do, He will receive you with open arms. Now, um, this isn't a free ticket to sin, so let's also keep that in mind. Anyone who puts their trust in Jesus can be rescued from their sin, reconciled to God, and restored to the rightful place as partners with God. The gospel promises that anyone who is in Christ has been made new, no longer defined by the sin and the shame of their past, but now defined by Christ living in them. The God we serve is a God revealed through Jesus, the God who left heaven and entered history to become the suffering servant and the lamb who was slain. He is a king who sacrificed himself for his people instead of sacrificing his people for himself. The God that we serve is a God who lifts up the humble and humbles the proud. He is a God who cares deeply for the last, the least, and the lost. And this God chooses to respond to our confession with his forgiveness And to our repentance with this redemption. I was going to say redemption. Sorry. (laughs) Through the power of God's spirit working in you. You can find freedom. Break those chains. Experience the redemption you've been searching for. God wants each one of us to come to him in humble repentance. Desiring unity with him. He wants us to trade in the cheap pleasures of this world. For a soul satisfying relationship with him. Let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment to, you know, just pray to God and thank Him. God is so amazing. 
he really is. He's so powerful. He's so forgiving. And it's just so amazing the grace that he gives us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help me to eliminate these temptations today so that I don't have to resist them tomorrow. Help me see people the way that you see them and love them the way that you love them. Give me the courage to confess my sins to someone I trust and find someone to hold me accountable. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. There's more to come. And again, thank you, Priscilla. I think you're amazing. I love every time that you minister a word. (laughs) And yeah, I just hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I hope that y'all felt what I felt through the words that I just said. And if anything, remember that one thing that I said. I don't know if you remember it or if you forgot it already. Did you forget? Choose wisdom over convenience. Thank you for listening and have a great night, day, afternoon, (laughs) whenever you're listening. See you next episode. Bye.